Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Um, first, real quick, guys, I want to tell you, thank you so much for all the support. Uh, we rebooted the show back in April of 2020 um, and, and changed the format to the format that I think is the best format for the show, the one-on-one interviews. I love doing these. We've had great feedback from you guys. Um, we've done like 76 episodes total uh, since April. That's a lot, plus the breakdowns and the recaps and everything else. So we've done a lot of episodes to get this channel kind of restarted again. Um, And it's been a slow process, but we need your help. Um, We are doing the timestamps, which we know you appreciate, but the timestamps do hurt us on YouTube. Um, The algorithm looks at retention of the videos, and a lot of you guys go in and look at your favorite highlights, and and so it basically tells YouTube that you're watching a shorter amount of the actual podcast than you are. So it's not recommending us to a lot of pages. So basically, we're not getting that extra boost from YouTube to promote our channel. So it's a slower growth than than we'd like, um, even though the comments are, are good and the, the guests are fantastic. Um, but this is where we need you guys. Uh, we need you guys that are supporters of the podcast, that like the podcast, that appreciate the guests and the content that we provide to help us out. Um, and I think there's going to be no problem with you guys doing it. You guys are amazing. But if you could just uh, like the, the videos, comment on the videos, subscribe to the channel, tell your friends. These things can help us grow so much faster in 2021. And we can just blow away these figures of 2020. Um, like I said, since April 76 episodes, we quadrupled our subscribers. Um, so we did grow, but it's still uh, a slower process, which if you look at our comments, people are like, how come this channel isn't bigger? And why aren't you growing faster? That's why. Uh, uh, YouTube is kind of not on our side because of the structure of the of the timestamps and how we're doing these. Um, but I'm not going to take those away. You guys appreciate them. A lot of you guys go on there and y'all want to go to specific uh, topics that we talk about. And I think it's uh, it's good that we allow that and, and can make it easier for you to do that and, and get what you want out of it. But for those of you that are diehard supporters of our podcast, this is a chance for you to come in and help us. And it's going to be so significant. Thank you guys so much. Uh, today we have Uriah Hall on the show. Uh, fantastic guest, somebody I'm a fan of, somebody who is riding a three-fight win streak, huge win over Anderson Silva. He's got Chris Weidman coming up February 13th. Um, I'm looking very forward to this conversation, so let's get it going. Uriah, welcome to the show, and uh, great to finally have you on, buddy. Nice to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you've. Uh, it's been three months, but what a great victory you had against uh, Anderson Silva. That must have been incredible, your hero. Oh, man, where do I even start with that? Yeah. I grew up watching the guy, uh, you know, idolizing him. And uh, first initial thought was wanting to train with him. But, um, you know, given the opportunity to fight him, you know, it presented itself. And we took it and we just ran with it. So, yeah, I know you've talked about that probably so many times already, but it's just so incredible to me because he was the guy to fight when I was coming up. And he was fresh in the UFC. Yeah. He just beat Lieben. He beat Rich Franklin. I had just beat David Loazzo. So I, was, I, I basically uh, got to the status to fight him. And then Travis Luter won the TV show. So he jumped ahead of me. I took on Yushin Okami. Got beat by Yushin Okami. Lost my chance to fight Anderson. So it's always been like a regret. Though, I will say, yeah. we didn't know Anderson Silva back then as we do now. So it was like we knew he was good. We knew he was a great yeah. striker. We knew he was... You know, obviously fantastic, but we didn't know he was Anderson Silva at that time. So maybe it was a good thing I didn't yeah. fight him. It, maybe it was a good thing <laughs> that I kind of skipped that fight and dropped a, a, a yeah. well-fought decision to uh, Yukami versus uh, getting getting my face smashed and not being able to do podcasts now. Um, but, but you know, knowing that you looked up to him the same way kind of I did, I'm sure you watched him, you know, during my career at that same kind of time when he was taking over. Um was it different training for someone like that? Just knowing, like, I remember when I was going to fight GSP also when I was getting close to that fight, like it was cool to me to know that a high level fighter of that caliber, like GSP or, or an Anderson Silva was training every day to fight me because like, I've always been so insignificant to myself coming up and, and just kind of, you know, enjoying each step and each level that I made. So to me, it's like just having yeah. a fighter like that, knowing that they're training every day to fight me, not even counting the fight itself would be so incredible. How, how did that feel for you being in fight camp to fight such a legend like that, who obviously you said is your hero and, and somebody you looked up to? I mean, you said it perfectly. I, just knowing that a guy like that is training for me, you know, it was, it was a little weird and exciting yeah. at the same time. Um, but, you know, I felt like his uh, striking was close to mine. You know, I, I mimicked him a lot. So even prior to even knowing too too much about him, 
people would compare me to him and like, who's this Anderson Silva you're talking about? And I guess it's that fluidity that we both have of transition our style. So yeah. looking back now, the way we fought, I just remember that first round, you know, A, I didn't warm up properly because of COVID. The rules yeah. have changed so much in the back. It's, it's, it's crazy. The stuff they want you to do. It's like, am I here to fight or, you know, but uh, we didn't warm up properly. So I felt like round three, I started to get my groove and we're both kind of strikers. So every time I would kind of touch his hand and, you know, we both were waiting for each other to see what to do. And uh, I, I just watched him. I remember throwing a couple of jabs and I missed. And I was like, I know what that means. I know what he's doing. I know what he's trying to set up. So it was just playing it safely. I'm not too impressed with my performance. It was a shitload of emotion going into that yeah. fight. Even the night before I didn't sleep, I was just like, oh, my God, this is actually really happening. And then oh, when I saw him across the octagon, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm <laughs> yeah, actually I... in the octagon. And it was like, <laughs> fuck, imagine. I'm actually fighting Anderson Silva. Yeah. So those emotions start to slowly sway it away. Like, okay, he's your idol. You respect him. You look up. You have to put that down. Uh, okay, he's like your dad. You don't want to hurt him. Yeah. Okay, fuck it. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So much respect to him. I did an interview yesterday and they asked me, you know, with the win over Anderson Silva, was that like a part of that big accomplishment? You can look back and say, I did it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the fact that you're the last man to do it. And I said, actually, no, I wanted to train with him. So for me personally, it's to actually get to train with him and move around with him. To me, that's a big accomplishment than beating him, you know? Yeah. That's how I look at it. That's so awesome, man. That's so incredible. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know... Y when you're when you're fighting a guy like that, I mean, a lot of people say, okay, he's older, maybe he's 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 a little bit out of his prime, whatever the case. But during that fight, man, he moved well. I mean, he's Anderson Silva. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, th yeah. there's no doubt about that. So he's always going to have that kind of mental edge, like no matter how how yeah. bad or 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 well, not bad, but but how how much he drops off as far as any level in his game whatsoever. He's always going to have that mental edge of being Anderson Silva. So you got to face that when you go in there. Like you said, you look across and you see a guy like that who's just smashed people, you know, all everyone, you know, his whole career. Yeah. Um, there's that battle. And then there's the battle that he looked good. I mean, he was he was sharp and he was moving. And it wasn't like you're fighting an old guy. You know what I mean? Like you were fighting a legit, yeah. it seemed like a legit Anderson Silva. And I'm sure legit in your mind, you're probably thinking the same thing. Like, this <laughs> is a legit Anderson Silva. And holy yeah. shit, I can't believe I'm fighting I'm this guy. Gonna, if you take Anderson Silva lightly, then you're stupid. It's Anderson Absolutely. Silva. Absolutely. I mean, the dude was stepping back then. Yeah. Knocked out Forrest, which ironically is the same move I used against him because I watched that move so many times and I, I learned that move from him, you know, step back, boom. boom so yeah. I'm not going to take him lightly. And, you know, he even said in his interview that he was saying that the moment you start to believe you're old, and guess what? You're old. Yeah. So it's definitely a mindset. And my hands still hurt. The fucker kicked me right here, man. Yeah, I, can imagine. I don't know if it's that, you know, metal part of his leg or whatever. Yeah. But it shit hurts. And he yeah. gave me a hematoma, which I'm just getting over. He stomped on my foot. And my hematoma is just getting down. So he's legit. Yeah. So. yeah he absolutely is. And then, you know, obviously that, that was an emotional win for you and, and a big fight and, and all that. I have to assume that's got to be, for at least some reasons, your biggest win and your biggest victory. Um, am I correct in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was one of my dreams, you know, to to be there you know the dream changed it went from wanting to come train with him to compete against him and you know the dreams are scary you know the, the big light's scary it's yeah. like oh my god my dream is actually happening and then that's why you have guys that get all emotional when they win the championship to me that was a championship i remember just watching him growing up and the fact that i did it it made me just look back throughout that entire journey and it was one of those crazy feelings where i just couldn't hold it in and you know, my coach was like, hey, man, it's all right. <laughs> you know, you're not a bitch or anything. And uh, I cried, man. And I, I really felt bad hurting him. You know, I really genuinely feel bad hurting him. That's why I kind of went over. I'm like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't really. I'm the guy that apologized after knocking you out. <laughs> I, you did. That was crazy. So, yeah. But but, yeah, but you got the win and everything. Um, wh where do you where do you see him at right now? Like, wh what do you what do you think he should do? You know, obviously, he's contemplating, trying to go do his own thing, stay fighting. Do you think he's done enough? And not that he can't fight. We obviously know he can, and he he, he looked good in your fight. Um, do you think he's done enough and should try to to just move on and, and not do it again? Or do you think he should continue fighting? Because obviously it's going to get to a point where it's going to, to affect 
a lot more drastically his performance. And then, you know, he's going to start dropping off that legacy that he's built. Um, what do you think overall, just, just as a, a previous opponent of his? There's just, there's so much to go into this. It, it's, it's, it's him being an athlete, you know, as an athlete, it's like, should I give this up? Do I want to give this up? I yeah. still got a couple left in me. I would like to get back in there again. So that mindset is going to be there. And it's something you've done your entire life. It's like something you're just so good at your entire life. And someone is saying, all right, you're done. It's like, shit, am I really done? That's it. And, you know, there's that factor. There's the fact that he can make more money going to other leagues. Like, I don't know, Bellator or 1FC. And he's a legend. He has a big name. So he can he can utilize that. Uh, it's the prolonging it. Do I want to, you know, mess up my legacy that I already have by going down? You look at a guy like, um, who's the champ at 155? The old school guy. God, why can't I remember his name? It was like maybe back in your era. Yeah, uh, there was BJ Penn. There was uh, uh, Jens Pulver. BJ Penn. BJ Penn. Yeah. BJ Penn. Yep. He's so you look at like BJ Penn has done so much. You yep. know, it's like, and he, you know, he's still fighting, and you're like, God, I don't want him to fight yeah, anymore. Exactly. It sucks. You know, it, it really sucks. So uh, I think for the era that you have, it's utilizing it. Take what you can and get out. Your body can't do it forever. I'm 36. My body's like, all right, dude, you got me before more years. So yeah. now. I'm at an urgency point in my life. The yeah. chapter, the title I would give this chapter in my life is urgency. It's like, all right, can I get to that spot? Can I, you know, possibly capture the belt, maybe run a little bit and then exit? Yeah. You know, I can't prolong this forever. You know, I got to start looking for other things. I love to teach and, you know, I do a lot of anti-bullying stuff with yeah, kids. Really good. So I can't just stay there. You know, each chapter is going to ask for a new version of you. So it's a chapter, but I feel like I, I started it. I have to finish it. Yeah. How did, you know, you mentioned something about COVID in the back or whatever when, in your warm up and stuff. How did that take a uh, effect on your overall, I guess, fight camp? Well, well, overall the training now with COVID and having to worry about your training partners, then actually going to the apex. Cause that was your, your first fight in the apex with the um, new guidelines mm -hmm. and all that. And then fight week and all that. How did that change for you? And, and was it, was it more negative? I mean, obviously it couldn't have been positive, but was like how negative was it to deal with all that stuff? Or was it just another, another fight and you just went through it like everyone else? It, that's exactly what it was. Another fight, but here's the, the, the tough mindset, man. It's, it's, it's depressing. Yeah. The hotel is depressing. Yeah. The whole <laughs> quarantine thing. It's, that, very, yeah. it's a depressing place because I went there and I had to corner my buddy and even I went there and to fight and I was like, Jesus Christ, I want to leave. It's yeah. so depressing there. Just that freaking hotel alone. And, you know, the rules, how just anal they are with the rules. Like, I get it, but it's like, don't be a dick about it. You know, mm -hmm. they're just so anal with the rules, which I understand. But can you at least be nice, motherfucker? Don't be a dick, yeah. too, you know? <laughs> so it brought me back to the ultimate fighter mindset. It was like, I'm in a quarantine place. I can't do too much. I just utilize what I have and use it to my advantage. So I just switched my mindset to the ultimate fighter home. And that's how I felt. I like the idea that I didn't have a crowd. Uh I'm, I'm, you know, some fans are just really stupid. <laughs> so yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I didn't mind the fact that it was quiet because I did so well on the Ultimate Fighter. I didn't have anybody in there. It was good for me. And I'm not hearing dumb people yelling woo or just saying dumb shit that makes no fucking sense. Yeah. I love the fact that there were no crowd. I was like, that's probably why I did so well. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a depressing state of mind, but it was just staying locked in on the goal. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I mean, the fans in the sport are amazing, but there are a lot of assholes that aren't fans. And that's the problem. I, the problem is there's, there's no repercussion. So people can yeah. get away with stuff. But, you know, some people forget that I'm, I'm from New York. I, I, I had a couple altercations with some people, man. I, yeah. I actually showed up. I'm like, what's up now? Oh, and wow. you should see their face. And I'm like, man, I, I could lose my career right now for what I'll do to you, bro. You better watch what you said, you know? So they forget, man. But, yeah. you know, it's one of those where I have to check my ego. And... You know, one of my my best friends, she taught me that, you know, it's like your thoughts. Your thoughts are just coming and going. You have no control. But what you can do is acknowledge them, know that they're there, and just kind of be like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. So I treat it like the same thing. It's like, all right, this person is there. That's their livelihood. That's their job. It comes from some type of loneliness yeah, of course, or meaninglessness. So do I give it attention to take away from me or do I probably give him a hug because he needs it? Or do I just focus on my goal? which is even more important. And that's the hard part because as human beings, especially athletes, we're so sensitive. It's like, bitch, yeah, do you know what I true. had to go through to get here? And all of a sudden you're going to talk shit like, fuck you. You don't know me. But at the same time, it's like, all right, 
it's not necessary. So I'm learning from that to hold that energy in and give it where it needs to go. Yeah, and, and the thing is, and people don't realize this, fighters are like everyone else, man. It's like, you know, we have feelings too. And like, you know, we're having a, yeah. the, the amount of stress you go through being a fighter and how you train every day and, and the mindset you have to have because when you have a fight book, just that alone is something people can't handle. Like say say that the, the, the mm-hmm. day you got told you were fighting Anderson Silva, your mental state changed from that point until the fight happened. Like you, you had to carry that pressure. Right then and there. Everything you did. Maybe you're making dinner, maybe you're watching TV yeah. and then it hits you, you're fighting Anderson Silva. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, right? And people don't realize that. That in itself yeah. is crazy. Then you got to train. Then you got. Then yeah. you miss a day you because you're overtraining or something, and you feel guilty because you're not training yeah. enough that day. And he's training, and he's going to beat you because you, you didn't train enough, or you have exactly. an injury that is nagging, or you you know you, you whatever the case. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into being a fighter that's very tough. And then when you have guys nipping at you as well, that makes it so much harder. And now they have a voice with social media. You know, they can actually get to you, and sometimes you know get these comments to where you actually have to read them and deal with. It and it's kind of a pain in the ass, but you know, part of the sport, but still definitely a, a, a tough, another tough aspect of being a fighter and having thick skin and still yeah. having to go, go out there and perform. I will say, though, for you haters out there that are watching this, um, there's a lot of guys, probably like Uriah and, and myself, that has had a lot of success off the backs of you guys that's talked a lot of shit because there's nothing that motivates you more than guys talking shit like oh, guys, yeah. guys that are boosting you up all oh, the time yeah. aren't the, aren't the ones that fire you up when you get out there and and how you know burn while you're trying to you know win these huge fights it's those assholes that leave comments yeah. that actually fire you up and cause you to have usually a better career oh. and get bigger wins yeah. um i know for me like i had a chip on my shoulder coming off the ultimate fighter um because they said we didn't deserve to be in the ufc and they, they were just killing us i had to get like five straight wins in ufc before anybody took me serious um, as a legitimate fighter. Um, and then, and speaking of that yeah. as well, we've had a guy, well, we had Koscheck back in, in the old days. A fan was talking so much shit online about Koscheck. He was like, why don't you come to the gym if you're going to talk shit? And this guy showed up and they sparred. They had like a match. They had a, a legitimate match at the gym with a fan. It was, it, we filmed it and everything. It was crazy. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's another crazy aspect of the sport, man, that we got to deal with. And uh, it, it's what makes us so, uh, I guess, rare, you know, the guys at the top, like yourself, you know, especially, yeah. you know, where you're at. Oh, and a lot of fans have more access to it. They don't have too much access to like these baseball players or football players or basketball players. They have more access to it. So yeah. it's a little bit easier, you know, but man, you know, if we can get some more repercussions with that. But again, there's a balance. So it's like, do I need this? Is this teaching me something? Do I want to give my energy to that bullshit? Yeah. I'm old school, man. I'm like, talk shit. Let's scrap. Back it up. Show me you can back it up. Yeah. I've invited guys to the gym. but And it's always these little 22-year-olds, you know, or yeah. these 21-year-olds, the, the yeah. 90s kids, you know, or or the 2000 kids. They don't have no discipline. They're fucking stupid. And I would – I slapped a couple people in my day. I'm not going to say who, but I slapped a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so, it, man. I believe talk it. Talk shit. Talk shit. I'm going to put some powder right here. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast and yours truly. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and now you can save 20% and get free shipping by using code QUICK at checkout at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D, Dot com and other good news the products are now all manscaped products are now released in europe canada and australia so if you're in america europe canada or australia you can use code quick at checkout and you can get 20 percent off free shipping uh using the code also helps the channel and, and, and lets them know that, that we sent you so that obviously helps us you get 20 percent off it's a win-win for everybody so go to manscaped.com right now use code quick save 20 percent, get free shipping and get the best below the waist men's grooming products on the market you have a huge fight coming up with chris weidman on february 13th uh ufc 258 yeah. um that's a big fight um what's your take on that fight as far as where you think chris weidman is now Obviously, he's had he's coming off a win, I think, but uh, you know he's had a few losses there. So, do you see him as a lesser version uh, that may not show up as as his prime, or do you think he's a hungry guy trying to come back and he's going to try to use this fight to come back? And is there any effect of your early fight with him? Uh, this is a rematch, you know. Most people know, but from like eleven years ago, is there any effect of that at all, or is that just completely kind of out the window now? I mean, you know, it was a chapter in my life. I was the guy to beat just like Anderson Silva. He beat me. Uh, I got in my head because, you know, this. I wish I could remember his name, this 
douchebag just kept saying, oh, he's a great wrestler. Yeah. And back then, I was just knocking everybody out because I didn't care. And it, it just got in my head. And I remember going in a fight, and I was worried about his wrestling, which I stuffed. And um, it happens, you know. It took me a while to watch that video. Um, you know, it was an era. I, he, he, he got in my life to beat me, to get to where he is, to teach me something, to bring me to – it's crazy. That's how life works. So looking back, it was a lesson that I needed. I went to a lot of wrestling schools to get that fear out of my head of wrestlers. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm a striker. Fighting is about striking, but MMA is dynamic. You never know what's going to happen. So, you know, I don't want to be hugged forever. I want to punch you in the face. I like the articulateness behind it. Right. Unfortunately, some people like the hug. So looking at him now, he's probably not as hungry. You know, it's probably his paycheck. Maybe he's utilizing this. He's probably saying, you know what, if I win good, if I lose, I can probably take this leverage and go somewhere else and get paid more. You never know. We've seen his last fight. Some people say he doesn't look the same. Who knows? He probably could have been recovering from something and it hindered his performance. So I really don't know. But I expect the best to show up because I'm going to show up. And, yeah, I had COVID. I mean, it, I, I had to crawl out of hell. I'm still kind of crawling. So yeah. that's that's the, the coolness about the fight, man. It, it, it's that adversity. You know, I'm, I'm ready to die. Like I've heard the phrase before about dying and I'm like, shit, I'm actually ready to die. Yeah. And I tell the referee every time they come backstage and they give over the rules i said listen don't stop let it. me go out yeah just let I me go the out same let me, thing. or let me, or let me <laughs> you know so tap. Funny. that's it yeah that's it i was just the same way as you tap. brother i always told the ref i said don't stop this fucking fight i, I i've Good. trained don't too hard it, i will go out on my shield do not stop this fight exactly man it's like bro i you can't take my fucking future yeah. away from me like what the fuck <laughs> this fights that i lost i'm like dude why did come on yeah it's a, gotta be a shitty feeling whatever they're looking out for our safety yeah, you know, guys are like, you know, they're looking out for a safety and we don't want to have that. I'm like, well, fuck that. I stepped in this octagon with the intention of I'm going to kill you or be killed. Like, that's that's the whole point of being a fucking warrior. Like, yeah. Are you kidding me? But it, it is what it is. How does it feel? Well, how did this fight happen? Like, how did this get scheduled with you and Chris Weidman again? And then I know he's a, ranked a little bit. You jumped in the top 10 after beating Anderson. Not only looking at rankings alone, but you're on a three-fight win streak now. So there's a lot of variables that go in. Ranking isn't everything. So, I mean, you can still uh, jump ahead quite a bit with a, with a win over Chris Weidman, even though he's ranked a little bit behind you. But how did this whole fight transpire? Did you just get offered the fight, or was it was it something that you guys both kind of agreed on on, on the internet or something or or how did this whole thing happen and, and get signed well look, look what you said rankings and everything i'm still trying to figure out how the fuck darren till got up there i'm like what the fuck how did you lose and skip and go up <laughs> i just want to meet these people and be like yeah. who taught you guys ranking I, I just stopped believing it and looking at it it's politics unfortunately it's something we have to go through to get to where we have to yeah but i don't know who's in charge of these fucking ranking system it's a joke it's yeah. a fucking joke you mean to tell me a bunch of motherfuckers sit in a room and be like, oh, we think we here think you're number five. Yeah. We here think you're number nine. Like, who the f what? And I don't even know him. It's yeah. kind of like the government with, with taxes. I don't know where my fucking money is going. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But um, this fight got scheduled. Uh, uh, speaking of Till, that's the guy I wanted, you know? Uh, it was either Till or Brunson. And I like challenges, man. I like guys that are expected to beat me. I'm like, all right, let's see what you got. Yeah. And that's the guy I want. I wanted Till, but you know, with the politics, people are either protecting or he had his period. So they they shoot me, uh, Chris Weidman, and you know, the UFC don't like it when you say no. Yeah, of course. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I wanted to fight him anyway, so let's get this shit going. And so you you wanted Till? Did he did he turn that down, or did or the UFC just say no on that? I mean. I, I told my coach, you know, but, you know, they called a matchmaker. I'm sure it didn't happen. He yeah. must have needed surgery. But ranking-wise, they're trying to rank. I think they want him to be champ, you know. It might be good for England or something, you know, get a bigger audience. I don't know. But I wanted him, man, because I don't think he had a really good introduction to the middleweight division. He fought Kelvin. Kelvin kind of welcomed him, but I don't think he got properly welcomed. And I'm, I'm very good at welcoming you. I mean, they threw uh, Bevon Lewis at me because they thought this was the next kid. I'm like, all right. And in that fight, I was actually going through some shit because my sister, uh, man, she uh, almost committed suicide, you know. And oh, shit. I couldn't be there, and my mom found her. So I was going through that. Damn. And that's how I got all emotional at the end again, you know. And I fought through it. He was getting the best of me. I didn't have a clear mind. And then, again, at some point, I was like, fuck it. 
So yeah. yeah, I love when they try to underestimate me. I do very well when I am underestimated. That's yeah. why I, I feed off these haters. You know, it's like, please come on. Sorry to hear about your sister, man. No, she's great now, man. She's awesome. She's graduated from Columbia University. She's an amazing artist. She has a bunch. She has an album on fucking Spotify. Oh, nice. She's doing amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. She that's must great. be proud of you as well. And, and speaking to people that underestimate you, yeah. you have such big wins, man. Like you have such great victories over such great guys. Um, but it seems like Dana uh, was quick to give you a hard time a lot in your career when you would lose a fight. <laughs> And, and how does it feel now to be on a three-fight win streak, a win over Anderson Silva, who is a legend of, you know, just a long time in the UFC, the, the, pretty much the face of the UFC for a while in my, during my, uh, my era. Um, how does it feel to kind of get, get through that and show that you're just growing as a fighter and getting better and, and, and you know, you, you, you're like everyone else and, and just uh, had, a couple, had a couple stumbles? I, I can't do this yet for some reason. You know, I, I'm learning to do it. And I, and I appreciate where I am right now, but I, I can't do this because this to me means I'm done. Right. And it's not done. You know, I had this and, you know, I've heard critics where it's like, oh, it's he's in his head, blah, blah, blah. And for me, man, I, I've been through a lot outside the octagon. A lot of people don't realize that. And I had to take that with me. And it, sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes, you know, you don't have enough time to reassess yourself to get back in there. And most of those time I never had enough time. And there were times where I like, I'm done. I'm done with this shit. I'm, I'm over it. But for some reason, I just can't quit because in the martial arts background that I was taught, we were taught to never quit no matter what. Right. It's to always chase our dream and achieve it. So that small little fire was like, nah, player, I'm not going out yet. So I kept that with me, um, readjusted myself. Somebody I was seeing invited me down here to 47 MMA. And, you know, I'm good with structure. And I met Safe. We talked. The strength and conditioning coach i fell in love with because man the training that we do for my body and how old i am he's just so on point and so smart with yeah. it so we've utilized a lot of that and and, and fixing injuries and, and old injuries and improving certain things and the phrase i use is i feel like benjamin button yeah <laughs> and um you know as far as dana at the end of the day he's the businessman you know i mean i can't take anything away from that i feel like he just expects more of me because whatever what what a of what he saw. So he expects that. And I was struggling with that because I was living up to these expectations. I was trying to, I just felt like I was being fed, you know, and I didn't have that proper, whether it's structure, guidance. I remember when I just got off the ultimate fighter, my own team was trying to use me, you know, make these documentaries, just use me, wanted me to sign a contract that gave them 33 and three third percent. I'm not that great at math, but why don't you just take half, you know, and <laughs> nothing was yeah. specified. And I just remember people just using me. So I felt lost. You know, taking fights that I shouldn't take because UFC don't like it when you say no, being pressured. So I'm I'm more proud of myself that I kept it together. You know, the genius thing I did was I didn't quit. Yeah. So someone's opinion of you should never become your reality. Absolutely. I mean, Dana was mad at me that I didn't beat up Anderson. He was mad at Anderson for taking the fight. So what does that tell you? Yeah. It's not my fucking problem. Yeah. He's entitled to have his own opinion. I don't hate him. He's a businessman and he's there to make money. He's there to make money. He's there on the safe line watching, just like the rest of these motherfuckers, to watch me do what I do. Yeah. So I just got to go out there and perform, and I'm getting that curve. I'm starting to not give a fuck. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to say, fuck this. I got to feed myself, my family, my friends. I got to establish my long career after this and something else. You know, I'm letting go of all these emotions. And with the COVID, bro, I got a chance to sit down with my demons, you know, the bad habits, the negative affirmations, the things I need to stop to do the places that I needed to go. I had to do all these things and I had to dig deep, deep, yeah. deep down and find a root. And I found a root and the root was little Uriah. Yeah. Little Uriah was bullied as a kid and it's almost like he felt scared. It was like a little yeah. puppy underneath this little cellar that's scared and frightened and you're reaching your hand out and they're just not coming. So I had to have a little conversation with my little self to be like, hey man, it's not your fault. It's okay. And I'm here to protect you. Yeah. And that, that was one of those deep moments I had to have with myself. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just at a point where I have to protect Lily Uriah and I got to get to a place I've never been. And to do that, I got to do something I've never done. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I know Dan is a smart guy and, and I know two things uh, about him. First of all, he cuts people he doesn't want, uh, A. And number two, you know, he, he, to me at least, it seems like, 
he, like, like I said, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. Um, to me, I don't know the extent of the, all the stuff that he said, but it always took it and it, it's kind of he wants to bring you back. Like like you had such a big hype, and so if you would if you would stumble or you would fall, I feel like he was more trying to just motivate you and like kick you and and tell you to get back and yeah. be that star that he wants you to be versus like these these critics and stuff trying to actually tear you down and like hurt you you know what i mean like i always caught it kind of like that more than 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 actually trying to actually get rid of you or or say that you're not you know, qual- you know qualified enough to do this or that or good enough to do this or that i think he just you know he wanted you to win every time and 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 yeah and that's how i took it anyway no i i agree I agree. I mean, Dana has helped me out a lot with your wins and everything and how you perform when you show up and you do a really good job. I can just see him playing that card with you yeah. because you're a, a highlight fighter when you show up. You know what I mean? With 12 knockouts out of your, <laughs> yeah. out of your you know, 16 wins. So, I mean, like, I think he was just trying to get you geared up and uh, that's in my opinion anyway. No, no, no. I appreciate that. And I, from me looking at it like that for now, it's the first time I'm looking at it like that. You know, you're probably right. I mean, you're absolutely right because every time there was a time he came to me, he was like, "I wish I, I wish I had a video game controller yeah. where I can plug into your ass." You know, I remember yeah. him saying that to me one time. <laughs> and uh, by the way, with the wins, uh, I'm trying to get those Ultimate Fighter wins on my record, man, because I'm like, I fucking fought four times in the Ultimate yeah. Fighter. I'm 20 and fucking nine. That, that makes no fucking sense. That doesn't exist, and I did it. That makes no sense. So I'm fighting for that. I'm trying yeah. to get my my four. My record could look good. <laughs> yeah. No, they're fights, man. There's no difference. Like the the crazy thing is, is like it's a, they were legit fights. Yeah, they're fucking fights. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck? How the fuck you take them off? Like what? Yeah, the sure dog has them on there as like pro exhibitions. It's like isn't that like completely contradictory? Pro exhibitions? Like what? What? <laughs> pro exhibition. That's the difference of a pro well, and an like, exhibition. Like a Mike Tyson pro exhibition with fucking uh, Floyd uh, Roy Jones. Did you see that? exhibition and a fucking exhibition but your fights didn't have different rules i mean it was legitimate rules it was ufc they had to be sanctioned like you know there was testing it was there wasn't really like any other difference and they got knocked the fuck out like what the fuck are you talking about yeah, yeah like what yeah i'm trying to fight for that i don't know who i gotta go to i'm trying to go to wikipedia somebody's in charge of my wikipedia yeah and it's fucking accurate to the t i called my mom i'm like did you talk to anybody <laughs> She's like, no. I'm like, how the fuck do they know all this stuff back in Jamaica? I didn't tell anybody this. Oh, that's crazy. And then, and you're down in uh, Fortis. Uh, first, I want to say, I, I think it's it's good for you. I've been hearing some of your interviews and and how you feel, and obviously, you're showing that in your fights. How long have you been down there? And, and what's your camp looking like right now? Uh, getting ready for Chris Weidman down there. It's been uh, at least I would say maybe two years now. Okay. Uh, it's been great. You know, first time I came out, it was more of just me Airbnb figured out. I tried it out for a week first, and I came back and I Airbnb, and then I, I did my whole camp, and um, for Antonio's college junior. Then I did my other camp, and then my coach is like, "Yeah, man, you need to move out here." And I'm like, "All right," because I'm spending money here, and I, my house is in fucking Vegas. I was wasting yeah. money. Finally made the move. Um, it's it's been great, man. What I love about it is just the camaraderie. Yeah, and you know, I was explaining to another guy that I had the conversation with Kelvin. Because the last gym I was at was Rafael Cadero's Kings MMA, which is one of the best in the world. Right. Those guys are just elite. And, I, you know, I remember saying to him, hey, man, I know this is your home. And I want to have that feeling, too, like a home. And yeah. he told me, yeah, man, he traveled a lot until he found that home. And I feel like this is my home. You know, I feel the love that I have for my teammates. Uh, to me, they're like my brothers. Brothers I always wanted. Um, the camaraderie, just us, you know, always with each other, helping each other. Uh, guys like me at the end of class i clean the mats you know i'm no different from all these other guys and that's one of the cool things with safe you know he keeps that discipline structure yeah and he comes at us man he makes us work and i love the fact that he's real with me he says hey this is great and all but what are we going to do after fighting you know we got to think about stuff like that so yeah. and these are talks you need to have with some of these athletes man i, I overall love it i'm getting used to the whole driving here because people can't drive for shit I'm not lying, bro. They do some shit where it's like, it's not even legal. It's not even right. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a different environment. You know, I'm from New York, so we got to adjust. You know, I'm a Texas boy, right? You're a Texas boy? Yep. Yep. <laughs> from where? Dallas, Houston. Houston, Austin. Houston, actually. 
Oh, small town oh Texas my boy. God, man, they can't get out over there either, bro. I'm sorry. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Like, I wasn't saying it because of that. I was just, I, I was going to mention that earlier, actually, because you were in Texas now. But yeah, that's where I came from. That small town Texas. So long way from little, uh, little Texas to uh, now living in Phuket. But yeah, small town Texas boy, man. So. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool but you can't come to Thailand without coming to aka Thailand come on and I was gonna ask you so so you got into you got your first fight you were like 28 right in your MMA career and you did kickboxing before that yeah when did you get into martial arts in general like what, what started you in martial arts and how old were you um well, my first pro fight was earlier, actually, because I was seven and two when I got to the UFC. But I started martial arts back in 2001, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I maybe I might have been 16 and uh, I was being bullied. I was fresh off the boat from Jamaica. And it's just a, it's a culture shock, especially in New York. I don't know if you've been in New York, but New York is like one of the capitals of assholeism. Boston <laughs> is like right there. You want to meet a legitimate <laughs> asshole, go to Boston. Yeah. But the secondary assholes are in New York. I'm a former asshole, so I can say it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was New York, and I was being bullied. My mom wanted me to build my confidence. I was cutting classes, and because um, in Jamaica I never got bullied. We didn't even wear shoes. I didn't even know what racism was until I got to America. Oh wow. So. It was a lot of these things that was happening and I was young. I'm 13, you know, so I'm at that age and my father wasn't here. So I didn't have that father figure. I later found that in martial arts and other instructors, you know, people became my father figures. So when the bullying got out of hand and I ended up almost wanted to take my life. I even had an episode where I got bullied on a, a school bus and I got to be real with you. I contemplating thoughts of going back to school and ended that kid's life and many others. You know, I was, yeah. I remember getting off a bus saying, I'm going to try to find a gun at 15 years old. I'm wow. thinking this, you know, and, and you hear kids that are doing this at even younger age than me. And you hear kids that are taking their lives. I was there, man. I wanted to take my life. I went to my roof a bunch of times, man. I, I remember looking for a weapon but I couldn't find one. I was asking people and they're like, what the fuck are you asking for that for? You know? And because Monday come, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And thank God I didn't. So now, you know, my buddy, Arshay Cooper, he, he does a lot of, um, uh, motivational speeches, you know, but kids, he, he he works with kids. He was on the first uh, black rowing team for Chicago, which, you know, usually is an all white thing. So great story is a story on, um, Amazon is called A, a most beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's a story about how they came up in Chicago, man. If you ever get a chance, check that out. All right. So, you know, whenever he's in town, he's my best bud. He's like, hey, man, I got this speaking gig at school. We'd love to have you. And I go to these schools, man. I work with these kids. You know, I tell them about staying in shape, the importance of that. And I tell them that, hey, I wish I was, I wish I had someone to come to school to tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah. That there's life after this. There's taxes. There's getting a job. There's having you know kids or whatever. There's there's, yeah. there's like there's another life after that. Yeah. But a lot of kids they don't know that they feel stuck, and I felt stuck there. Yeah. And um, I'm just I, I'm glad I have the opportunity to go there and talk to these kids and be a part of that in any way I can. Yeah. And then martial arts just is what you found, and 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 it just, it was just your kind of path to to to, yeah, to it just, get to your goal. And yeah. get this, get this. I learned how to fight from a video game. Really? What is that? <laughs> yeah, called Tekken. Oh, wow. Video game called Tekken taught me how to fight, yeah. Because my mom couldn't afford it. So I was like, fuck it. Teaching myself. You yeah. do some Tekken-style moves sometimes, so I, I believe that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not like, I'm not doubtful of that at all. 
Have you have you ever trained in Thailand? Have you ever made it over here to Thailand and trained or no? No, man. That was that's definitely one of my dreams and bucket list to always go to Thailand and to experience it, and of course to uh, to train the Muay Thai. But I I never knew anyone. And again, my friend Spencer, he always said, "Dude, you know, if you go, you go to Mike's uh, Swix gym." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." But I never got the chance. That's always one of my dreams that I wanted to do. So. I might have to come check you out. <laughs> you got an open invitation, man. Anytime you want, just hit me up. And and not only will we, can we train and, and, and get some some uh, sessions in, but I can show you the islands and, and, and Thailand, the culture, the people, the beaches, the animals, the, the lifestyle. I think you're going to really like That's it. So dope. open invitation, dude, for That's sure. Dope, Absolutely. Um, so you. I got to ask you, you Thank were in the ultimate fighter, and then you, you got in the UFC, became a big star. Um, what is a celebrity moment that you remember um, – I know you probably had a ton, but what is a celebrity moment that you remember that was really cool that would never have happened had you not gotten the UFC and had a, had a became a star in fighting that you were just like, wow, this is pretty damn cool. I, well, I have a bunch of highlights, but I would say one of the highlights I have was Chris Pratt, who's oh, Star nice. Lord. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're at this gym in LA, and he walks in, and I was working out with my buddy or whatever, and then a bunch of celebrities go there. I met The Rock there. I met uh, Abby Cornish, uh, a bunch of other. Anyways, he walked in and apparently he was supposed to train and the mat was here and he was passing this way and he looked over and he was like, is that Uriah motherfucking Hall? <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. It's, it, 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 uh, and my buddy's like, Chris Pratt, motherfucker. Like, Chris Pratt. <laughs> I mean, I know him, you know, yeah. <laughs> I almost called him Star-Lord. But that was definitely one of the moments that stuck out. Of course, when I first got out and uh, I remember I went to Ronda Rousey's first fight, I think, and uh, we were at the arena. I think it was the Hummer Center in, in Los Angeles. And I remember leaving, and somebody was like, hey, look, it's Uriah Hall. And when I looked, I saw almost the whole arena chasing me. Nice. And I remember running to the car, and I looked back, and I'm telling you, man, everybody was chasing me. And I was like, shit. And we got in the car, and people were on the window, and I'm like, I'm nobody. I did a fucking kick. That and another moment was in Curitiba, Brazil, when I was supposed to first fight Anderson Silva. Let me tell you something. I never felt so famous in my life. Yeah. When I say even a four-year-old know who I was, yeah. a fucking four-year-old know who I was. Everywhere I went in Brazil, and I mean everywhere, they treated me like I was a king. Yeah. I was in awe. I was in shock. I couldn't believe how many people know who I was in Kuchiba, Brazil. That was probably one of the up there with me. Yeah. Those are the ones I can think about. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That, yeah that, in Brazil, <laughs> the Brazil fans are amazing. Um, well, real, real quick. Oh, what, um, what do you do outside of fighting, man? Like, what do you do to spend your time? Like, as far as like, uh, what do you do for fun? Uh, TV shows? Like what, what is it that Uriah Hall does that, that kind of gets his mind off uh, training camp? Well, regular things to be honest i barely watch the fights anymore i forgot there's a fight tomorrow i even forgot there's a fight next week i feel like the ufc is kind of losing the, the touch with the whole that you you know when you wait for something and it's coming yeah it's like a fight every fucking weekend i'm like i ain't watching this shit like who's fighting who's this person we don't have that build up anymore so I, maybe i love maybe it's just me but Outside of fighting, man, I like to do stuff that doesn't involve fighting because right. I just know the mindset it takes to get in that, and I, I get away from it. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, I'm hanging out with people, and I'm like, bro, I don't want to talk about fighting, bro. Let's yeah. talk about the birds. Let's talk about why the sun is so close. Like, you know, let's talk about some real shit. I love to read because as I'm getting older, I feel like my mind is one of the things that is just sapping up things, and I'm seeing the world from a different perspective. So I love to read. I'm all about nature. I fly to California a lot. I just hang out at the beach. Nice. You know, my friends think I go out at a party. I'm like, nah, bro. I go to literally just to hang out at the beach because yeah. the water and the beach, the sound, it calms me. And, and just walking along, you know, the sunset of it. I don't know. I just, I just love that theme. Uh, that and hanging out with my friends. I'm all about my friends, man. Problem is I have a lot of friends in different areas, you know. Most of my friends are in California. I have friends in Vegas. Uh, my family's in New York. So if I'm not doing all those things, I'm usually traveling and just seeing my friends and my family because... I feel isolated and dedicated so much. I don't see anything. My phone goes off so many times. It was taking me forever to get back to you. You know, yeah. it was like shit I had to do. So if when I'm done with all this, man, I, I just do regular stuff just to feel normal again. In yeah. fact, I wanted to get a regular job. 
<laughs> because I just wanted to feel normal again. I was yeah. like, let me just kind of you know interact with people and feel normal again. Because if I get too caught up in it, I get lost in it. I didn't want that to happen. Yeah. So, but I want to definitely get into the showbiz, man. I, I I love anchor. I would love to get into that. Yeah, get into showbiz. Yeah, I want. You know, I did a couple movies. That'd be cool, man. It was cool. I was like, wait, yeah. man, I can punch, get punch, and not get hurt. Yeah. And get paid. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. I I did a movie before, but like I like I don't. Like I didn't have a chance to really like live in LA and and be a, around that, but that was always my dream to get into martial arts and then move into like film like Chuck Norris. You know what I mean? That was like the, the ultimate dream of mine. Yeah. Then I moved to Thailand to do business, right. which I don't regret at all. I love business, but um, then that took me away from that kind of thing. But I hate watching fight movies and I hate watching fight stuff because it's always to me so far fetched. But I just got into this Kingdom on Netflix with uh, Frank Grillo and Joe Jonas. Oh, is it good? It's really good, man, because it's gritty and it's real. And I think you'd appreciate it when you watch it because it's not this uh. like sensational, you know, the guys don't ever train and they just show up and fight and win all the time. You know, Channing Tatum in the movie, he was doing, oh. I love Channing Tatum too, but he was in the movie and he's like running through, you know, subways and never showing a training scene whatsoever. And then he's winning his fights, you know, so stuff like that kind of like throws me off. But this Kingdom on, on Netflix, man, check it out, dude, because like, it is legitimately like okay. really good because it shows the gritty side of of being a fighter, not just the sensational oh, side. Really so it's do, like, yeah. it kind of shows what we what we've I really like went through that. as fighters, and it, it's actually really good. So just it's just a recommendation for me for me to uh, from you on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. I just finished the Mandalorian, and they're oh, okay, like, "Yo, cool. get on Breaking Bad." So I'm like, "All right, I need some shows." But yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, and last uh, last off the wall question, just because people really love hearing these things about uh, people like you, they follow and, and are fans of. Um, what is one thing that people don't know about Uriah Hall? Like, what what would be something that would kind of surprise people that they don't know? I know you've done a million interviews, oh, so this might be hard. No, no, this is a good question. This is a good question. At least not a lot of people. I know, like I said, you've probably done a lot of interviews, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would surprise people. Yeah, that I enjoy watching. Uh, I enjoy watching figure skating. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. It, right. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that, but that's watching, cool. Yeah, I enjoy watching figure skating because it's very articulate. Yeah. And you know, I'm very crafty, and I love the elegance behind it. I'm a perfectionist, so when I see art, I appreciate it, and that's art. I mean, the merge of error on that fucking figure yeah. skating—you got to be perfect. It is crazy. It's next to perfect. So yeah. I love the articulateness behind, you know, the whole dynamic theme of it, you know, the dance, the movement, the triple axel, whatever it is. I love watching it because it's graceful and I, I enjoy it. I assume you watched I, Tanya, and I just happened to watch that within like maybe a month ago. Did not watch it yet. Oh, you haven't Did watched not it. not watch it yet. Well, you got to watch that. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. That's a good one. I, I wanted, yeah, this is what happened. I wanted to kind of, I mean, I see bits and pieces of the story. Yeah. So I wanted to understand the story first. I wanted to do my research. Then I wanted to watch it. That's why I delayed myself to uh, watch yeah. Itania. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to watch really, that I really one. want to know the real story. Yeah, because I'm not a huge fan of figure skating. and Not that I'm not a huge fan of it, but I, just, I haven't watched a lot of it. But that was a great movie. So I'm sure you're going to like that one for sure. Okay, definitely, definitely. And she was good too, man. She was, yeah. Wasn't she the first to do that triple axel thing? Or, yeah, the 360 three triple, triple axel. axel. Yeah, and she did a yeah, lot. Yeah. And this She's movie good. takes a different perspective, which is interesting because when you hear the headlines of the the whole thing of what happened, everything I knew from the news and the media about what happened and and how it went down and 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 who did it and all this kind of stuff, this movie changes all that. It takes a whole different perspective that's wow. like from Tanya's perspective, and it kind of changes kind of it changed my whole like take on the whole thing. And it's really good. I mean, uh, really? Margot Robbie does a great job. So I'm just a recommendation for me. I think you'd enjoy it. <laughs> All right. You gave me two kingdom and fucking I, Tanya. I'm on it. That, that's going to get you through this next fight, man. Get, get your mind off everything. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> and lastly, man, I got to ask you, I, I like to ask guys this, especially, I mean, you're in your prime, you're still fighting good, but you know, when I was in your position, yeah. I was, I was working on other things in business and, and trying to at least think about my post career. Are you working on anything right now? And what would you, uh, ideally be doing in 10 to 15 years from now after fighting? Like wh where's your passion going to be or where's your passion at after fighting? That's a great question. Um, my passion changed over the course, but I, the one thing that I've learned that I'm so good at naturally and 
doesn't matter where I am. I'm, I'm good at interacting yeah. and whether it's, you know, inspiring or, uh, lessons. I mean, I, my friends are always coming to me for feedback for lessons. My girlfriends, I have friends that are girls, yeah. you know, they always come from, to me for like advice a guy advice. I'm always giving advice. I remember my friends like, how can you not charging people for this? And I'm like, are you supposed to charge people for this? These are my <laughs> friends. Why am I talking to my friends? But, you know, I'm great at giving advice. I'm good at being a spokesperson. Nice. I'm, I'm good on the stage. I've been an instructor for years. I used to teach uh, three and four-year-olds, three, four, five, six, seven, up to like maybe eight. Now, these are kids, yeah. little guys. They're and hard. I would have like 60 of them on the mat by myself. So, yeah. And I would have them all lined up. You know, I was a sensei and I didn't have to yell at them. I taught them how to punch. You know, I went down the line. I played a game. I'm great with kids. Um, so anything that involved that, you know, my coach was like, you know, if you want to open a gym, I'm, I'm down for it. I have, a, I have a bunch of people who want to invest in me to open yeah. a gym. Of course, they will do everything. But, you know, I, I probably won't do that, man. I, you know, I, I want to do it myself. But I have a lot of that. But um, I, I love to interact with kids. I would definitely work with kids. If the movie opportunity comes, I'm all about it. That'd be awesome. I, I wouldn't want to just do fighting. I think I'm good at drama too. You know, yeah. <laughs> I want to get in some feelings out there. You know, but um, I'm looking at that feel anchor. I've tried to get into that, but there's so many politics. They called me in to do it one time in Sweden. I blew them all away apparently, and they were like, "Shit, we didn't know you had skills." I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't know either, but I'm good on the spot." Nice. If you just put me in a room and be like, "Here's a mic, talk about this," I'm good. Nice. But if I study, I'll fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So anything that involves the entertainment realm or even you know being a spoke person, I can see myself doing. Nice. That's awesome, man. And and we always just say at AK, winning fixes everything and solves everything. I think you're just going to keep getting more and more opportunities. And it sounds like you're, yes, you're a smart guy that's going to take advantage of whatever you can. Um, and, and man, I'm a big fan of yours. Always have been. Um, always wanted you on the show. Uh, we finally got it scheduled. So I want to say good luck to you on <laughs> February 13th against Chris Weidman. I know it's going to be a big win for you. Hopefully, uh, if everything goes as planned, um, I'll be rooting you on and, and watching the fight. And uh, thanks for taking the time out, man. I know you're in your fight camp right now, and you're very busy. And, and I appreciate you coming on and giving us so much yeah. of your time and, of and actually having this finally happen, man. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this podcast. <laughs> well, I wanted to say that uh, I'm a huge fan, and I, this is an honorable moment for me. I wasn't fanboy or anything. Thank you, but man. Season one, or your season, basically, was the only season I ever watched. Nice. That got me inspired. Season one. So I watch you, you know, in your, in your career when I was coming up in my career and I, I watch all of you guys, but that was the only season I've ever watched. So of course, when I saw you wanted to do an interview, I was honored. I, unfortunately, my time schedule was all over the place, but I'm glad I made it work. And I just want to say it's, it, it's, it's an honorable moment to do this with you and I really appreciate it. And thank you. And I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate those words, man. It's so cool. You know, I don't ever think of myself as a fighter and, and all the things that, that I've done in my career ever, you know, unless it gets brought up. So it's cool when I have these conversations and anybody remembers anything and especially such kind words as what you've said, man, I really appreciate that coming from you. And, and it's been an honor to talk to you. And uh, I'd love to have you back on maybe before the fight or um, at another time for a quick yeah, update, know, something really short and just, just see how you're doing and, 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 and do a follow up. That'd be really cool. Yes, sir. You got my number, man. I put my notification on, so. <laughs> I'm like, I got your number, but I'm going to hit you up on, like, every single source because, like, <laughs> it's so hard. It's hard with you, <laughs> yeah, man. I know you're busy, but it's hard. It's hard getting you booked. I'm sorry, brother. No, dude. It was so worth it, man. I'm so happy to have you on. So good luck February 13th, and uh, I'll talk to you next time, brother. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot, man. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. With Mike Swig.